as we head towards the end of 2022, let's say good morning to Vaughn Palmer. Vaughn, it has been a highlight of my year being able to talk to you every morning. It's a great pleasure talking to you, Simi, and, uh, you know, we get all over the map on things. We sure do. Uh, and here we are, and we're both imagining what we're going to do on New Year's Eve. Oh, I'm not imagining. I know what I'm doing. I'm sleeping. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, I used to call it the most overrated holiday yes. of the year, but I, I've heard from so many people who agree with that position that I realize it's probably not overrated, and in fact, the people who rate New Year's Eve as being anything other than a day off is probably um, a minority now, uh, the people who actually make a big deal of celebrating. So I'm planning to uh, my usual plan uh, for New Year's Eve, which I'm going to go and have a look at what's on the giant screen TV (laughs) and uh, watch something and uh, go to bed at the usual time, which is a hell of a lot earlier than midnight. Okay, good to know. See, I knew it. We are two of a kind. We really are. Uh, Well, one of the things we also talked about this year, Vaughn, looking back at different BC industries, is forestry. And I understand that here we are at the end of 2022, and it looks like a bit of trouble. Yeah, the industry is... It's in serious trouble in British Columbia. It's been in decline for a long time. I'd I'd say that, you know, in all the time I've been writing about BC politics, which is approaching 40 years, that it's one of the one of the biggest changes is the forestry has moved from being absolutely central for governments of every political stripe and central to the success of the BC economy to it's still important in some communities. It still provides a lot of jobs, still provides a lot of export income for the province, so it's not it's not inconsequential, but it just isn't central anymore. And, you know, you look at what was what's happening right here at the end of 2022. Um, you had TOLCO announcing this week uh, suspension of operations at two of its sawmills, one in Armstrong, one in Williams Lake, will be extended to the end of January, so that's 350 workers affected. We've had shutdowns, reduction of production at other big BC forest companies as well. Canfor uh, announced a pulp mill in Prince George, uh, reduced operations, sorry, uh, uh, Interfor announcing the pulp mill in Prince George, operations suspended for four weeks. West Fraser and Canfor, similar announcements. Overall, I see a a report from the BC Business Council, Simi. Uh, Lumber production in BC is down 30% from where it was um, four years ago. So that's a huge drop in production. Pulp mills, uh, you know, because BC's pulp mills are fed by partly by chips from sawmills and wood waste from logging operations. When the sawmills start closing, there's a spillover effect on the pulp mills. And so together, you're having the entire sector impacted. And of course, towns where the mill is still the main employer, that has an impact on the economy there. And it has an impact on ultimately on all the companies that supply stuff to the industry. So this is a serious problem in the industry, serious decline in the forest industry. And I would like to tell you here at the end of 2022 that the government recognizes this and is dealing with it, but it's hard to find any evidence that it is. 
Yeah, what is going on here then? What kind of government issues might be a problem? Well, the government would like us to focus on some problems that it can't affect and weaker markets. There's been a decline in housing starts in the U.S., um, in inflation and interest rates and what's been happening uh, to the housing market. Uh, we're still fighting with the Americans over softwood lumber, although we've been doing that for a couple hundred years, so I don't know whether that's really anything other than a constant problem. Uh, the industry, as I said, the government would like us to focus on that, but the industry is starting to talk about uh, some other things. The industry, because the government controls the wood supply, the industry is careful not to tick off the government too much because there's a lot of ways the government can strike back. But you're seeing in some of the statements we're getting now, and it was in the TOCO statement, a shortage of economically viable fiber supply. So they just can't get the wood to justify keeping the place operating. Another thing you see from the industry increasingly is um, we have the highest production cost in North America. A combination of taxes and government regulation and access to wood um, the government has been restricting access to wood, uh, partly to protect habitat, partly to transfer wood to smaller operators and First Nations, partly to defer old-growth logging, and all of that adds up. So there are things the government can do about this, but as I said, I, I go through uh, the mandate letter for the new forest minister, Bruce Ralston. No, he's looking for new ways to increase uh, old growth protection, regulation, um, that sort of thing. Taxes are more important to the New Democrats. You don't see uh, really an agenda for revitalizing the forest industry. They talk about value-added production, Simi, but in the 40 years I've been doing this job, uh, B.C. governments have been talking about value-added production. Uh, value-added production is a great idea for the future, but it costs money to build value-added mills and B.C. companies' investors are just looking at B.C. and going, we don't actually think this is a very viable place to invest because we're not sure of uh, long-term wood supply and we are looking at those high operating costs. That's so, and you, you, when you consider, you know, what the background of the NDP was in terms of forestry and forestry unions, I just, I don't understand. Yeah, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with Adrian Dix, of all people, about this back when he was leader of the NDP, and he said, you know, uh, one of the reasons, he, he used to point to the fact that the NDP wasn't the powerhouse in some rural and northern ridings that it used to be. And he said, look, those towns used to have a great big IWA local. It was a big union town. And the IWA local, the old Woodworkers Union, now part of the Steelworkers, uh, they were a major source of NDP organizing power and contributions and support. A lot of those mills have declined and phased out and are smaller and don't have the size of the union local anymore. I mean, the last time before the NDP outlawed um, corporate and union contributions, the steelworkers came up with hundreds of thousands of dollars to bankroll the NDP election campaign in 2017. So one of the consequences of the emphasis on environmental protection, understandable we want to do that, reduced operations, reduced access to wood supply, has been a decline of the NDP's tie to uh, forest unions because the unions themselves just aren't as big and powerful as they used to be. 
But these B, these BC companies are still around, They're, and they okay. are investing money, just not here. Yeah, I, and that's a good point. And I've been sort of keeping track of this. And this time last year, I noted that BC companies had invested about $10 billion in increased production and access to wood and forests and all that. They just did it elsewhere, right? The the most recent announcement is continuing. The most recent announcement uh, reported uh, just before Christmas, uh, Interfor, which is Burnaby-based, uh, $350 million to acquire a couple of sawmills, wood management, access to about a third of the crown timber in New Brunswick. So a huge, huge investment, uh, $350 million. The New, New Brunswick government welcomed the money, sign of a health of the New Brunswick economy. Interfor, as I say, is based in Burnaby, but its production isn't based in Burnaby anymore. Uh, about 60% of Interfor's production is now in the United States, southern United States, U.S. Northwest. About 25% of it is based in eastern Canada, including the Atlantic provinces, and they're down to 15% here in British Columbia. So they're a BC company. They're headquartered here. Uh, they do provide jobs here. But you look at they're, where they're going, they're moving their production out of British Columbia, acquiring production elsewhere because the, mar- the, the access is better in the United States, um, the production costs are lower, and the production costs are lower in eastern Canada. The production costs are lower in Alberta. We are the high-cost hmm. place to invest. And the Interfor, you mentioned there, I mean, they're even buying sawmills in New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's, there's, that's a that's a big uh, thing. Uh, one of the one of the warning signs about all this that I seized on last year is the 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 Crown Corporation that manages the pensions of BC public servants. So the the uh, public sector union, municipal employees, teachers, all that. That company bought a forest in eastern Texas and said, we're doing this because we think this has got a future. This is going to bring in a lot of revenue, right? A lot of forests in the U.S. are privately owned. So they bought there. And it's interesting when, you know, forest production in B.C. ultimately underwrites the cost of public sector wages. But there, the company that's managing B.C.'s pensions, public sector pensions, oh, they're investing in a forest in East Texas. That's, um, yeah, not exactly what the government wants to hear, I guess, but they don't, is it on their agenda for 2023? Uh, You know, again, I look at the agenda, yes, uh, they're talking about mass timber construction, yes, it has promise, and the government is insisting that its own buildings be built with timber, that's that's good. Um, They're talking, as I said, regularly about value added. But they're also talking about increasing the deferrals of old-growth logging, and old-growth logging still underwrites some production in B.C. They're uh, reducing access to uh, wood in some parts of the province uh, for habitat protection. I mean, I look at what the government talks about mostly, and it's I don't see an awful lot of evidence of a major strategy to increase forest production in BC. The pulp sector last summer proposed to the government a strategy that would lead to an expansion of investment in high quality paper production in BC. So the, the, the high end stuff, not just pulp, not just paper, right. but high end. Um, to my knowledge, the government, all they said was we're studying it. They have not come back. 
that strategy could lead to several billion dollars of investment in new mills in British Columbia, but the government would have to make some changes, guarantee access to the wood, in order that the producers can be sure that if they spend, you know, four or five hundred million dollars on a mill, they can get the money back by being ensured they can continue production for some years ahead. All right, Vaughn, thank you. And listen, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Simi.